is week five. And let, can I be honest with you guys right now? One thing I absolutely despise about being up here is this. I have to share all of my stupid stories about the dumb stuff that I've done. And I... I ha- <laughs> I've, and uh, th- thanks, Jerry. I've got so many of them. I've got so many of them, and I do. And it's not that I despise that. It's just, man, you're getting to know me really well. <clears throat> and that's a good thing, I guess. But anyway, so let me start out with something else dumb that I've done um, and, and introduce uh, today's, today's message a little bit. So back in my high school days, a friend of mine, his dad was a rancher farmer. And so during the summers, he'd always hire us to go out and do all the stuff that he didn't want to do or the stuff that he didn't want his guys that he was paying real money to do. You know, he's paying us $4 an hour or whatever it was to go do this stuff. And so me and and his son and another guy, three of us were out on four-wheelers. And what we were doing that day is we were spraying a bunch of weeds, but we were also moving a bunch of young bulls that he had from one pasture to the next, kind of herding them up and moving them on. Not that really big of a deal when you're on, you got three guys on four-wheelers, you know, it, it's not that hard to do. But we lost track of time, we're out in western Nebraska, there's some canyons and stuff, and we're kind of out in the middle of nowhere, and the other two guys that I'm with both play baseball in the summer, and we realized that they've got a game like in an hour and a half, we're probably a 45-minute drive out of town, so like, we got to go now. So they take off, they literally probably get 10 feet, and one of their four-wheelers runs out of gas. We're out in the middle of nowhere. So they're like, okay, not a, not a big deal. You two hop on the same four-wheeler, truck it in. I'll pull that one in later. I'll, I'll stay out here, I'll f- right? This is where the stupidity starts, right here. I'll pull it in. I'll, it's going to be okay. I'll take care of it, right? So they take off. There's two of them on one four-wheeler. So I kind of finish up doing my thing. I'm out in the middle of nowhere. <clears throat> and I'm like, all right, time to pull this thing in. So I'm like, where's the rope? Where, where's, anything, where's a chain? Where's anything to be able to tie these two things together so I can get the one in that doesn't have any gas? So I'm like, okay, not a big deal. I'll, I'll improvise. I'm a, I'm, I'm a farmer right now. I can handle this, right? I, I'm, I'm out in the land doing this by myself. I can do this. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe if I've got a pair of pliers, I can clip off a piece of the barbed wire and do that type of thing. I thought it was a great idea, but there's not pliers within a 10-mile radius of where I'm at. So I'm like, okay, what's the next best thing? So I'm looking around, I'm like, I've got a shirt. So I take off my shirt, and I get the, the four-wheelers, you know, front to back, and I tie it, you know, they've got racks on them, and I tie it around the rack with my shirt. I'm like, solved. I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm good. So I fire up my four-wheeler. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to drag this thing in. It's going to be great. might get a little chilly on the way in, but I'm going to be okay. So I get probably 20 yards, and my four-wheeler starts going, done. So I'm like, okay, I can, I can handle this. So what I do is I grab a little, little tank. I siphon out some of the gas from the other one. The, I mean, the, the, the little bit that I could out of the other one. Put in the one I've got. I get probably 20 yards, and the shirt just shreds to pieces. Just shreds. I mean, it's just in the air, just like dust. It's gone. So I'm like, okay, I'll get on my four-wheeler. If I can just make it in, I'll find something there. I'll come back. I get probably 10 feet. My four-wheeler's done. No gas. So I'm standing out in the middle of nowhere, no four-wheeler, no shirt, just looking around like, so what happens now? I'm probably a 30-minute walk from the barn, okay? So what happens is like, all right, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start trekking that way. I'm going to, instead of taking the path that the four-wheeler's got to go, I'm going to climb up this little canyon cliff, and I'm going to cut through this pasture. As soon as I start heading towards the barn, 
thunderstorm clouds just start rolling in. I mean, the, the big black thick ones, just like we had the other night. And it's not 90 degrees out anymore. The wind changes. It's getting a little chilly. So I'm walking through the fields like this, trying to keep warm, and it just starts downpouring on me. I'm like, this can't get any worse. I finally get up this little bit of canyon, and I start walking through this pasture. It happened to be the pasture that they kept their breeding bull in. He sees me, okay? He sees me walking through his land, right? This is his spot. So I'm walking through, just trying to keep warm, tr- trying to keep dry, seeing where I'm going. And this thing just starts doing this to me. Just starts walking towards me like that. I'm like, okay. So I start kind of walking a little bit more <laughs> like that. And it starts trotting towards me. So I ta- I'm taking off sprinting. I finally get to the fence, and I just kind of dive over the fence. And now I'm muddy, and I'm wet, and I'm cold. My determination to finish anything that had to do with those four wheelers at the point was the furthest thing from my mind. I'm like, I want to get somewhere where there's no rain, where there's a shirt that I could wear that I could dry off with, where I could get warm. I mean, my determination was absolutely shot. I was done. Now, how many times in your life, think about stuff that you've gone through, it seems like I tried to pull somebody else in, that didn't work, what we used broke, and then I used something of mine, and then the shirt shredded, and then thunderstorms came, and I'm walking through the bull's pasture. It's just one thing after another. Anybody ever felt like that before it's one thing after another there's there's no way i would imagine if i take off my shirt the odds of a thunderstorm rolling in are 100 percent. there's no way i would have thought that there's no way i would have thought if i start walking through this pasture in the pouring rain the odds of that bull seeing me f- from clear over there are 100 percent, and it's going to start walking towards me and want to fight me there's no way that you start going down that path but somehow it always seems that stuff just comes and it comes and it comes and it comes so some, when we're talking about glue and sticking to God, the last thing we're going to talk about today is determination. Determination. I mean, a lot of times, that may sound like, you know, for, for your business or your work or whatever, you go to some kind of pump-up seminar and the guy's talking about positive self-attitude and determination. It seems like something that it's, it doesn't have a lot to do with spirituality and following, following God. But as we walk through today, I, I hope that you'll begin to see that sometimes when it comes to following God, the greatest thing we all need is just a dose of determination to stick to God, to make it last, to make it work. And so that's what we're going to walk through a little bit today. We're going to talk about, I've got five things that we'll talk about real quickly, that things that, that usually cause us to give up. That when these things come, we're like, uh, I'm, I'm done. That's just too much for me. I can't deal with that. I don't want to deal with that. There's five things that usually come at us or things that we deal with that usually cause us to give up. And then we're going to look at a few things that, that help us develop and maintain determination to stick close to God and to weather the storm. So, here we go. First, first one here in your notes. What causes us to give up? And the first one is outside pressure. Here's a question for you guys. At what age do you stop giving in to peer pressure? At what age do you stop giving in to peer pressure? 25, Okay. Let me know how that goes when you're 26, okay? At what age do you stop giving in to peer pressure? Most of us have probably experienced that at some point. A lot of us, and that's the first thing that pops in our mind is high school or college kids, and they're around a, a group of friends, and something's going on that they shouldn't be involved with, but because they're around a group of friends, they, they kind of get lassoed into it, and, and they start doing things or, or whatever that normally they wouldn't if maybe they're around a different group of people or whatever. We think... That's the first thing that pops into most of our heads maybe is the high school, college age type kids. They're the ones that deal with peer pressure, right? But what about you? Are, are you immune 
when I say you, maybe you're 30 or 40 or 50 or 60, whatever, are you immune from outside pressure? Absolutely not. Are you immune from stress from your job, your family, your finances, your in-laws, your... No, you're not. You know, I, before, before I came here to Southridge, and it's been just over a year now, before I came here, I was, doing, I was working at the University of Nebraska doing a campus ministry called Chi Alpha. And Chi Alpha is considered, um, a, a, as, a, as a Chi Alpha pastor, I was considered a missionary. So what that meant is just like missionaries we may support, I had to raise all my own money. I'd go around to pastors and churches, hey, will you support me? Will you give me 20 bucks a month type of thing? I'll tell you what, right now, that stress, the financial stress of not only asking people for money, because I don't like to ask for help in general, but then asking them for money, and then when those people, maybe they forgot to send it in that month, or they, they were short themselves, and so they couldn't, they, couldn't, they couldn't give the support that they had pledged. That stress, that outside pressure, a lot of times I was like, I just want to be, I'm done with this. I'm done dealing with this stress. I'm, I'm done dealing with this pressure from this outside thing that, that's making me live or behave or act or feel or get an attitude the way I don't, and I just want to be done. And there's so many times in life we allow the stuff that's around us, and it's not like, it's not like these things are a myth or we just make them up, but this, the stress of your, of your family and your job and health and on and on and on and on and on, that outside pressure, none of us are immune to it. And so many times what it really takes in the face of that is just, just for you saying, you know what? I'm going to weather the storm. Uh, and I realize that what's going on outside of me may not have that much to do with what's going on inside of me. And so you have to make the choice that I'm going to be determined to make it through. So why is it that we give in to these pressures from time to time? I think it comes down to one thing. We're typically always looking for a way to make things a little bit easier. You know, when the outside pressure comes, one of the reasons that we give into it is because we just want to make things a little bit easier. We want to alleviate that pressure in some way. Like I was talking about with, with money coming in that had been pledged for Chi Alpha. The reason I wanted out of that is because maybe I could get into something else that would allow me a little bit more financial income that would just make it a little bit easier, right? And so we try to alleviate that pressure. Matthew 10, this is in your notes, says, Whoever disowns me before men... I will disown him before my Father in heaven. Going back to our main verse for this series, and it's at the top of your page. Uh, I believe John 15, 4 says, Remain in me and I'll remain in you. And this is saying the exact opposite. If you're going to disown me, if you're going to disown me in front of men and on this, on this earth, if you're going to disown me in front of men, you're going to allow the outside pressure to get to you and you're going to disown me. I'm going to disown you as well. But remain in me and I'll remain in you. The interesting thing about facing all those challenges and pressures uh, to compromise our determination in life is this. We see it as a greater challenge to stay determined and committed to the path in life we really want than it is than it would be to just give in. We say there's just too much work involved getting what I want in life and, and seeking after God and, and chasing after Him. That's too much work. It's easier for me just to give in. But if we only knew the work that we're going to have to do and the, and the trials and struggles that we're going to go through once we do give in, we see it as way too much work. The reason we think that staying determined and staying committed to a greater challenge than giving in is because we lose sight of what staying determined and committed to God will mean for us. It leads us to our second point. Nearsightedness is another thing that causes us so many times to give in. What do I mean by that? I mean we lose sight of what really matters. 
we lose sight of what you're really living for. We lose sight of what the goal is. We lose sight of the prize. And we start looking around at our situation, the things that are going on right here, and we're like, it's too much, I just give up, I'm done. I don't want to be determined to push through this, I just want to quit. And we lose sight of what's out ahead of us. We can't begin to see any way out of it. We allow the current situation to consume us instead of letting God's promises of hope and future inspire us to stay strong and stay determined. A few years back, my mom, she was in and out of the chiropractor's office all the time. I mean, just nonstop. She was just complaining of back pain. She would go in and get adjusted once, twice a week. I mean, just all the time she was getting, and nothing, nothing, nothing was helping her. So finally, she had one of her regular doctor checks up, checkups and doctor, you know, how you doing? What's going on? She's like, I've been in and out of the chiropractor's office nonstop. And they, I mean, it's, I, I still have this pain in my back. I don't know what's going on. And the doctor's like, well, maybe there's something else going on. So they start running some tests and doing some scans and all, all the stuff they do. But they come to find out is she's got a cancerous mass on her kidney from back pain. So we go, we're going through this whole process, and, it, you know, they run the tests on it, and, yeah, it's cancer, and we've got to do surgery. And they go in, we don't know if we can save the kidney, so they end up taking out her whole kidney. And, the, and it's just in the midst of that, I can tell you my vision just went like this. And I'm just like, how in the world is anything good going to come out of this? I don't, I don't know that I feel like I want to push through this. I don't know that there's any plan or purpose for this whatsoever. And in the midst of that situation, my vision went from seeing, okay, God, you've got a plan for my life. You've got a plan for my family. You've got a hope and a future to, to like this, saying, God, I don't know if you're here at all. My nearsightedness caused me to nearly give up, to nearly give up. I, I can say, I can say to, to God's glory today that my, my mom is 100% cancer-free. She's been, she's been back for checkups two or three times, and I can't find anything that the surgery worked. But in that situation, my nearsightedness almost compromised, completely compromised my determination to stay close to God in the midst of when I needed him the absolute most. Your verse here, Philippians 3, 13 through 14, this is out of the message version, says this. I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have it made, but I'm well on my way. Why? Because I'm reaching out for Christ who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong, by no means do I count myself an expert in all this, but, but I've got my eye on the goal. I'm not an expert, but I've got my eye on the goal on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. It's hard to get off and running when you don't know where you're headed. It's hard to know, am I turning back or am I going forward when you don't know where you're headed? When you know where you're headed, you know what turning back feels like. So today, are you, is nearsightedness causing you to, to, to lack and, and to compromise your determination to stay close to God? Do you, do you not see the plan and the purpose? Do you not understand, going back to week one, we talked about having a clarity of purpose of what God has for you. Do you understand that God has something for you? He does. Do you understand that? And that when you see that, do you say, I'm going to run towards that. I'm not going to turn back. I'm not an expert, but I'm determined. I'm not an expert in this whole thing, but I'm determined because I know where I'm headed. And I've set my eyes on the prize. Number three, <clears throat> internal struggle. We let our own desires and attitudes begin to affect our determination to stay connected to God by turning our heart and our focus to other things. We just want to do what we want to do. 
and we've got this kind of battle going on inside. Man, do I stay connected? Do I stay determined through the stuff? Man, I'd really like to go do that, but am I going to be determined enough to set that aside because God's got something for me over here? What's the choice? I know for me, my internal struggle is this. I get discontent really, really easy. That's my internal struggle, where I get discontent with the littlest things. My lawn doesn't look the way I want it to look. And it drives me up a wall. It drives me crazy. I get discontent with, I'm not feeling like my wife and I are connecting the way I want to connect with her. And so I get really discontent. I get uneasy, and I start having this battle going on inside of me. And I'm like, man, I, I, it starts pulling all of my focus towards that instead of me saying, you know what? My focus, my attention, my determination to stay stuck to something needs to be focused on God. And my discontentment starts pulling me in, in, in thousands of different ways and directions. I and mean, it pulls my mind, it pulls my energy, it pulls my focus. And that's the battle that goes on inside of me a lot as I just get discontent with stuff. And so I battle that nonstop to say, you know what, the, worrying about this and focusing on this and the stuff that's going on, the stuff I'm discontent about, isn't worth my time. What is worth my time is focusing on God and staying determined to stick close to Him in the midst of that couple quick ones here uh, and then we'll move on fourth one we feel like an island anybody ever felt like that I feel like an island am I here by myself am I doing this all by myself is there anybody else with me does anybody else even want to be with me I, me I just mentioned a little bit ago when I was uh, what I was doing before I came here to join you guys at Southridge doing Chi Alpha man I was so excited to do that I started doing that in the fall of 2007 and they're like yep you get you're gonna start a brand new thing here at the university and you're also gonna serve as like the state director over some of the other coffees we have I was just pumped and they just kind of not 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 in a mean way but they're like man go do it and they just kind of kicked me out the door and it didn't take long for me to realize like is there anybody else doing this with me am I the only one that cares am I the only one seeing the problem am I the only one doing the work am I the am I the only one so many times in life you find yourself like, man, am I the only one that's trying to, trying to maintain and develop a determination to stick to God? Is anybody else doing this thing? Is anybody else trying to stay stuck to God? Anybody? So a lot of times you feel like an island. Next one, real quickly. We get too tired. I would say 50% of the time I ask somebody, just in general, how you doing? Man, I'm tired. It's been a long week. How many times have you had a short week, and at the end of a, even a short week, you feel like, man, I'm just, I'm ready to go, let's go. Maybe once or twice, maybe, if you're lucky. We get too tired. Galatians 6, 9, and you know, says, says this, let us not become weary in doing good, for at a proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Talking about the focus at the same time. Understanding that there's something out in front of you, there's a harvest to come if you don't get weary. If you don't let your tiredness overcome you. It's not that determination is going is gonna to bring you to a place where you're like, man, I'm never tired. I'm never, I'm never worried about serving God. What your determination is going to allow you to do is to push through when you are tired and weary of serving God. When it's like, God, I don't know if you're there. This, man, this is getting really tough. Where are you at? And God just wants you to say, I'm, I'm, but I'm going to stick through. I'm, I'm going to push through this thing. I'm not going to allow my weariness to overwhelm me and overcome me. So those are just a lot of the things that many times cause us to give up and just will bring you to the point where you say, you know what, it, it's not worth me sticking this thing out. It's not worth me being determined to, to fight through this and battle through this. So in the midst of all that stuff, how do I develop and maintain determination? How do we do this? The first one, 
staying connected to others. We talked about being an island. We talked about internal struggles. We talked about getting too tired. One of the solutions that God sets out for us is a thing called the body. And what the body is, is everybody sitting in this room right now. And everybody in this room right now has, sub, has something to offer to somebody else, but if you're not connected in a way that you can relate that to them, you're going to feel an, like an island, and there's going to come a time where that person that you could, you could be an encouragement to is going to feel like an island as well. God has set out for us that if we connect with each other, those times of feeling like an island get fewer and farther between. Those times where you feel like you're doing it all by yourself become less and less and less, if you stay connected to others. A lot of times when we go through stuff in life, what's the first thing you do? When you're going through a major, major challenge, the first thing many of us do is we call our husband, we call our wife, we call a mom or a dad or a brother or a sister. We get connected with somebody who's going to understand what we're going through and is going to listen. That's our first reaction when we're going through stuff in life. Is Man, I, I, I need to talk to somebody about this. I need to tell them. I want them to know what I'm going through. I want to hear what they're going through. We get connected immediately. But so many times when we're going through things and we're like, man, God, where are you at? And we're talk, talking about our spiritual walk and where we're at with God and where we're at on this journey, we, we disconnect. We quit coming to church. We quit going to group. We quit talking to God in our private time, just in our prayer time. We disconnect, and then we start to wonder, why does it feel like I'm all by myself? Why does it feel like there's nobody there for me when I need them? And God's saying, if you would just stay connected, I have somebody for you. I, ha I have somebody that's going to give you that encouraging word when you need it. I have somebody for you that's going to give you that challenging word, that, that word of direction when you need it. I have somebody that's, that's going to that's gonna give you that word that's going to push you over the edge for you to say, I'm, I'm going to stay determined to stick to God. I've got somebody for, for that, but you've got to stay connected to others. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25 says this, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day that's approaching encouraging one another, spurring one another on. Because challenge will come, frustration will come, tough times will come. And what it's saying is you, you've got to have people around you to spur you on. You've got to have other people around you to help push you through this. Otherwise, that's not going to happen. You can't do this all by yourself. A major, major piece of God's plan for us is to be a people that have strong, lasting determination to stay connected to Him for, for His, or to Him, is for us to commit to being people that will stay connected to others and who are trying to do the same thing and to be an encouragement to those around us. Let me give my, my unashamed plug for life groups right now. As, as the growth and development pastor and the guy that coordinates life groups, this is the plug right here. If you're sitting out there and you're like, man, I, I wish I just had maybe some closer connections here in church. I wish I felt like, man, there was somebody that was giving me some encouragement. Maybe somebody that knows more about this whole journey with God thing than I do. Somebody that, that could encourage me. Somebody that can give me direction because they've been where I've been. And you've got these questions floating around in your mind, and yet you haven't made the choice to jump into a life group. Let me say right now, that is the place. That is the place. If there's one thing, if there's one thing that we would direct you towards here at Southridge and say this is the place where you're going to experience growth, where you're going to experience relationship, and you're going to see yourself grow, that's it. This is a pep rally. This is, 
This is us coming together saying, man, let's worship God. Let's get, let's get encouraged. Let's get challenged and let's go do this thing. But the, the week-to-week, day-to-day, nuts and bolts of things happens through life groups. And so let me challenge you right now. If this summer, if you're not connected and you want to be, there may still be a blurb in that in, in the handout. Email me at byron at southridgelife.com and come and fall when we do our big push and we have new groups and, and we've got open enrollment. I, I challenge you. This is my challenge to you. Get in a life group and see if it doesn't do something for you. Just try it. That's my plug. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Number two. Number two. How do I develop and maintain my determination? The second was staying flexible. Staying flexible amidst life's unplanned, unforeseen circumstances. How many of you know or kind of remember vaguely maybe the story of Joseph in the Bible? Anyway, 12 sons, he, he's the 11 out of 12. His, old, his older brothers all hate him. He has these dreams about his brothers bowing down to him and that he's going to be some great guy someday, and he tells them about it. That's the dumbest thing a little brother could ever do. Hey, big brother, I had this dream that you're going to be bowing down to me someday. Not just one big brother, ten of them. He tells all of them, this is what's going to happen. What do you guys think? Isn't this great for me? Dumbest thing he could have done. But it was God's plan for him. But along that path, I mean, if we, so at that point, if we say, okay, God's got this plan for him. Some king's going to come in and say, this is, the, this is the guy that God told me about. And he brings him up and brings him into the palace. And that's not how it happens. His brothers throw him in a pit. He's down there for a while. They start feeling a little bit bad about it. They maybe want to bring him back, but then they decide not to. They're like, well, let's get some money out of it. So they sell him into slavery. So now he's a slave, but he's, at some point he's saying, God's going to bring you to a place where I'm going to be exalted. I'm going to be one of the top guys. And through a course of events, he, he, because of his determination to stick close to God and the plan that God had for his life, he's basically second in command over the whole land under the Pharaoh. And at that point, his brothers come to him. They don't know it. They end up connecting. And, and you know, he's, he, he reveals himself. I'm, I'm your brother. You sold into slavery. I stayed determined and connected to God. He brought me to the place that he told me it would be. He, he forgave him, all that kind of stuff. But that's not the path any one of us would ever think that somebody that would end up in that spot would ever take to get there. And so many times in life, you're, you're going to face stuff. Let me tell you. And you, you, you already know this. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. You're going to face stuff. It's like. How does this fit into the path with what God told me this is where he's going to take me, but yet I feel like I'm heading over here. And God's saying, I need you to be flexible and be determined. Understand that everything has a purpose, everything has a cause. Whether you see it or not, stay flexible. You'll see there the quote in, in your handout from Tom Robbins. says this, stay committed to your decisions, but stay flexible in your approach. Stay committed to God. Stay committed. Be determined in your heart. God, I'm going to follow you with everything I am. And I understand along the way there's going to be some crazy stuff happens that I'm not going to be able to explain. And I'm going to be asking myself, why does this happen? This has nothing to do with the plan that you have for me. But I know that I'm staying committed to my decision to follow you. And that's all that matters. And to understand that flexibility in my approach, flexibility in my life is one of the keys to determination and sticking close to God. Third one on here. Simple, 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 simple. Choosing to be. Choosing to be. Determination is a choice that is cultivated, not, not a spiritual gift. The Bible does not list determination under spiritual gifts that some get, some don't. Determination is a choice. Do you say, you know what? Everything that's going on in my life right now feels like it's falling apart, but I know that God has a plan for my life, and so because of that, I am going to choose 
to battle through, to fight through, to stay connected with everything I am. Determination is a choice. Last one on here. Trusting what God has put in you. Trusting what God has put in you. Some of you may remember the, uh, the story of Peter walking on the water. Jesus, they're out, some of the disciples are on a boat. Jesus starts walking on the water towards them. They're like, what the heck's going on? And they, they're, they're like, is this Jesus or not? So Peter says, if that's you, God, if that's you, Jesus, tell me to come out and walk to you. Jesus is like, come out and walk to me. Peter starts walking out to him, but he gets a, a part of the way there. And he starts, he starts stumbling. He starts slipping through the water. And Jesus reaches down and saves him. What does Jesus say? Oh, you have little faith. The key here is that it had nothing to do with Peter's faith in Jesus. It had everything to do with Peter's faith in himself. That what God had put in him already was enough. And sometimes, there's so many times we go through life and like, man, I, I don't have it in me. God, you haven't put enough in me. I, I can't fight through this. Or, or I, I don't trust it enough. I don't trust what you've put in me that it's going to be enough to help me stay connected to you, that's going to allow me the strength to stay determined to stay connected to you through all this stuff. And God's saying, I just need you to trust what I've already put in you. It's already there. It's already inside of you. And you just need to trust the strengths, the abilities, the gifts that God's already put inside of you and that those are going to be enough to weather the storm. Those are going to be enough to give you the strength and the courage to stay determined to stay connected to God, to trust what God's already put inside of you. Worship team is going to come up. We're going to close here in a second. This last verse, and I, I loved it. I think this is the message version of it. And it. To me, it's like Paul giving a pep rally to people. It's like saying, hey, you can do this. Stick to it. And so I just, I, I want to read through this real quick. This is Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. He says, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed away, all these veterans cheering us on, all the people who stuck to it. He's talking about the people. These people stayed determined in the face of challenge. And they lasted, and they stuck to God. It means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Flexibility. He could put up with anything along the way. The cross, the shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again and again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through. He plowed through it. He chose to stay determined in the face of challenge. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. The ultimate example of determination, talking about the stuff that God and Jesus himself suffered but he chose, I'm going to fight through this because it's worth it. Because I see the prize at the end of the road. What the prize at the end of the road for Jesus was that. That in some way he might offer you a life full of meaning. His prize at the end of the road was understanding I might be able to offer everybody that ever exists on the face of this earth forgiveness. That because of my determination and sticking, sticking my head down and plowing through stuff and keeping my eyes on the prize, Jesus gave us the opportunity for freedom. Maybe today you just need to be encouraged. And let me say, you can make a choice today to stay connected to God. 
Maybe you're tired, you feel alone, you're battling yourself or others. You can do it. You can do it. It's not too tough. It's not too tough for God, and it's not too tough for what God's already put in you for the journey. It's not too tough. You can stick to God. You can stick to God through anything if you stay determined to. If you make the choice that, God, I'm staying to you no matter what, no matter what life throws at me, I'm staying determined that I'm running to you first and foremost. I'm keeping my eyes on the prize. I'm letting go of all the stuff that holds me back, and I'm running straight to you. You can do it. Again, I think of all the challenges that Jesus went through, not just in his life, but in his last days and hours. And even, even he himself said, God, if, if there's any other way that this can happen, that would be great. But if not, I'm going to do it. I'm going to choose to walk through this. Why? Because he had his eyes on the prize. He knew what was ahead. He knew that your life and my life hung in the balance. Would you bow your heads? <clears throat> couple challenges I want to put out today. First, maybe you're facing a lot of those things that we talked about that are, that are things that always just, that, that confront us and cause us to be people that want to give up. Man, I'm just done. I, I can't do this anymore. So today, the, the, first, the first response is you just saying, I, I want to be a person that plows through. I want to be a person that chooses to be determined to stick to God no matter what. And maybe I haven't, and I'm going to make that choice today. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up and say, I'm going to stick to God absolutely no matter what. The next one, you know, we talked about Jesus and his determination to, to fulfill his purpose, not just for his life, but for your life. And because of his determination today, we, we can experience what freedom's all about. We can experience what forgiveness is all about. We can experience what it is to run after a goal. We can experience that. Maybe you've never, ever made a commitment to say, you know what, I, I want to follow God, I want to follow Jesus. Maybe because of what, of what he's done for my life or the, or the plan that, you know, maybe I've sensed that he's got something for me. I've just never, ever given my life over to that. If that's where you're at today, if you've never, ever made that choice and you want to say, you know what, everything around me is making me, turning me into a person that just gives up, that has no focus, no direction. I want to be a person that has a determination about them but not for no reason I want to be a person that has determination because of something that's in front of me that I know is worthwhile that's worth my life that's worth my energy that's worth my time I want to be that kind of person and if you've never made that choice today and you and, and that's what you want to do if you want to say I want to commit to God would you just slip up a hand thank you and also just a challenge to the rest of us that, you know, at some point I've, I've made that commitment, but my commitment's been lacking. My determination to stick to that commitment. I, I, I'm getting too tired. I'm just, I feel like I'm doing all by myself. And today you just need to make a fresh commitment and say, God, through thick or thin, for better or for worse, I'm determining in my heart today to stick to you no matter what. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? Heavenly Father, we just thank you first and foremost, God, for your 
your son's example to us about keeping our eyes on the prize and, and staying connected to others and, 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 and to putting our head down and plowing through and making a choice that no matter what comes, I'm going to stay close to God. That I'm going to determine in my heart that nothing else besides God really matters. And that's what I'm going to stick to. God, I pray that you would continue to just challenge us and encourage us and to strengthen us for that journey, God. That we'd be flexible along the journey when stuff comes that we don't understand or we don't see how this fits into the whole plan, God, that we would stay close to you. God, help us to be a people of determination that stick to our commitments, that stick to our God. Give us strength for that journey, God.